Hey, welcome to Tangible Takeaways, episode 61. I'm Jackson, and today I'm going to talk about how evangelism gets real funky without the Holy Spirit. Hey, and I'm Todd. Glad to get to be here with you today. And I'm going to talk about the importance of taking an enjoyable inventory. All that and more on this episode of Tangible Takeaways. Jackson, thank you for being with us today. Happy to be here. And you might notice you that the, the roles have changed <laughs> a little bit. You're used to him sitting on this side of the chair. Yeah, this chair is so different. Yeah, you're over like, what here. is going on? Big had, adjustment for you me. You had no idea what that chair was no, like. No, it's a whole different perspective <laughs> over here, enjoying the the right side of the table. Is that right when you're on the camera? Yeah, no, it's going to be the left, left side, side for them. Left yeah. side. Left side of the table. But we thought, hey, with Jackson preaching this last week on this last core value of enjoyable, we thought, let's flip it a little bit, and I'll be the interviewer. You get to be the interviewee. E. Yes. So no. we'll have some fun. Good to be on yeah. in this role. I love it. Full I love experience. it. Well, let's do this. I want to unpack a little bit of uh, this last core value, but maybe even before we get there, let's talk about the series a little bit. Yeah. And and you may have been asking that question to different interviewees throughout, but I'm a little bit more curious through the lens of our calm, our communications minister, for you, as you think about this series and you think about the idea of living on brand, yeah. what has that kind of been like for you as far as why has that been a fitting concept, a fitting idea to use related to our purpose and our core values? Yeah, right. I think right when this series started, I got to start in the role of working with our comm team and um, really focusing on uh, our brand and things like that. That's a lot that goes into the comm space. So it was an interesting timing to put that together. Mm -hmm. um, and I think that the interesting thing about brands is brands are so, um, especially today, brands are so status based, right? Like that's why um, we care so much about the name or uh, the the logo on our shoes or whatever it is, right? Like um, really the quality of Nikes isn't absurd to the quality of another shoe, but there's something about the appeal of wearing Nikes because there's something, there's a status about it. Um, and some of, and there are some brands that are known for quality. Sure. Um, so I thought what a cool um, kind of consumeristic piece to play off of, but then to say our brand as a church, but also as believers, isn't about status, right? You look all through scripture, nothing is status in scripture. It's actually that the last is going to be first, right? Yeah. And so um, it's not very, uh, if, we're, if we were chasing status as a church, it's not a very good tact for us to try to be truthful today in a, in a day and age that has no interest in truth. Um, it's not uh, it's never a good status move to be helpful. You look out for yourself. That's sure. how you gain status. Durability, I just live for right now because I live for me. Um, that's status. Um, but it's a totally different approach to say, no, I want to I wanna be a part of a group of people that's going to be a great church 100 years from now when I'm not involved at all. Um, and then enjoyable, um, looking at that through the lens of not just enjoyable for me, but man, how do I enjoy God and allow that to shape my life? So I thought such a cool spin on that concept of being on brand where brands are so status oriented. Yeah. Um, this is very anti-status. Um, it's very selfless. 
And that is our brand as Christians because that was Jesus' brand when he didn't consider being in the likeness of God as like his advantage. He didn't take that when he could have. So. Yeah. No, I love it. And I, I feel like what's been great about the series, I like, you know, that, that language of something being on brand or someone being on brand is relatively recent in yeah. the last, what, five years or 10 years. What I love about it, though, related to a church, when we say our brand has never been about a logo, it's been about what we're about, our purpose and our four core values. And so what's cool is it's actually, it's kind of a cool thing to think about that follow-up question in our own lives, hopefully more reflectively than me judging you, yeah. but it's, am I living on brand? Am I demonstrating these things? And the series has been great to unpack. All of this comes from either the commission of Jesus to Christians to reach the world or the character of God that he is truthful, helpful, durable, enjoyable. Yeah. And so that's a great reflective moment. Am I living on brand? Not again, according to a specific church's logo, but to what HDC says we, matters most to us. Yeah, and I think it's been a cool opportunity to really reflect on some of those things because um, for any of us, we could say, man, I actually do a great job at being on brand with, I was even thinking preparing for this message this weekend on Enjoyable. Man, some people might be like, man, Jackson, I do a great job of being on brand when it comes to being truthful, but I, I do a terrible job of being on brand when it comes to being enjoyable. And so there's good challenge in there for all of us. Yeah. Um, whether it's, man, I, I love um, the helpful, durable, those kind of approaches seem to go together really well to me in my mind. Like I think if you are oriented to be helpful, being thinking about other people and things like that, meeting needs, um, then you're also adaptable to go reach other people as well in the next generation. So I think those things go together pretty well. Um, so you might have those on lock, but not really think too much about truthful or enjoyable. I think there's challenge there for us in, yeah. and especially in the mission statement. I think we can always look at our mission statement and that's what makes it such a good mission statement is I can always look at that mission statement and find challenge in it. Yeah. There's somebody else in my world that I am not being nearly as intentional with as I could. Um, and I don't take that as a dejecting thing. I take that as a good challenge yeah. to go back to my life and say, I want to be on brand. This yeah. is what God's called me to be. I want to represent it well. And I think that's a cool, that's not me seeking the status of the brand. That's me seeking to be that ambassador. We go back to that, those first passages that we looked at to begin the series. Being on brand is being a good ambassador because being an ambassador, that's also a brand, right? I'm trying to represent the brand or the, um, my country, right, to another country. So as an ambassador for Christ, I want to represent him well. And if I'm not being truthful, helpful, durable, enjoyable, if I'm not preparing every generation to reach our world for Christ, if I'm not being involved in that mission, then I'm not representing him well. Yeah. No, it's good. I've, I've loved it. I think it's been, it's synced really well. Yeah. Let's talk a little bit about the topic of the message and enjoyable has within it that word joy, yeah. you know, is there as well. One question as you were kind of preparing and thinking about this concept of enjoyable, how do we deprogram our minds from equating enjoyable means that which provides happiness? You spoke to that a little bit, that happiness is elusive. It's something we're always chasing. It's different than joy. But but take that one step further. How do we actually deprogram our brains to stop thinking joy means everything's awesome today? Yeah. Because it might be today, won't be tomorrow. Yeah. It was actually, it was a really big 
challenge that way because even as I said in the message, enjoyment is so preferential um, in the way that we operate today. And I, I thought it was a really big challenge to try to figure out how we can reclassify enjoyment or joy in our life because um, because it is something that we look to so centered on me. And it got me thinking about there's certain experiences, like I know I use the outdoorsy thing this weekend, but I'm not a big outdoorsy guy at all. But there have been times that I've like, I'm also not a big morning person. So put that all together. Um, outdoorsy people tend to be morning people. I don't know why. Like, it's just like, it's so <laughs> anti- It's to do at night. It's so anti-me. <laughs> like you put it all together. Outdoorsy is just not me at all. I like cushy and comfortable and I like sleeping in. So it's just a bad combo. But man, there's been a couple of times, like I think when I've been camping against my will and I wake up early and I have a, a cup of coffee in my hand and there's the crisp air on my face and beautiful sunrise. Um, there's something that's just, again, if we go back to the fact that God's enjoyable, if God never changes, then enjoyment, there's actually an objectivity to that right? Because if God is always enjoyable, there's something objectively enjoyable. When I'm sitting there with the crisp air on my face and warm coffee in my hand, and I'm watching the sun come up, I would classify that as objectively enjoyable. I don't know anybody who's like, you put them in that environment and they're sitting there like, oh no, this is terrible. Miserable. It's like, no, there's something, this isn't what I would normally do. This isn't what I'm normally built, bent towards but it's objectively enjoyable. And as I got thinking about that and thinking about this kind of topic of even obedience and how that obeying God is actually in our best interest, because the things that God wants from us are protective and they're for our good. As I got thinking about that, there's some real, there are still some preferential things when it comes to enjoyable things. Sometimes I might just prefer Coke to Pepsi or whatever, but there are some really big broad strokes things that are just objectively enjoyable. And so I need to like change my taste. I need to change my preference, right? If I've been living off of McDonald's my whole life, of course, I think that's the top end of cuisine. Mm. Um, and so God needs to begin, his spirit needs to begin to reform my taste a little bit so that I don't think so oriented towards what's cheap and comfortable to me, because I think that's where our preferences lead us is cheap, comfortable, convenient, um, lazy. I think that's where our preferences take us. I, I, when I look at that life and life to the full in John 10, 10, I think that's a total twist on how I look at my life. Because honestly, I don't think I wake up in the morning and I'm like, you know what I'd like today? I'd like to live life to the full. I wake up today and I'm like, I'd like to be comfortable. Those are totally different standards sure. from what Jesus wants for me. And like, he wants more for my life than I want for my life. Yeah, for he sure. wants life and life to the full. And I'm like, I just like to not have a headache today. You know, like mm -hmm. those are totally different standards. So I, my taste brought like to answer it succinctly, my taste needs to change. I think. Yeah, no, it's a great line. You know, I think a lot of times in counseling with maybe a parents of adult kids and you have an adult kid who's wayward and addict whatever and we'll say that i'll say that phrase often to them i love that you're here today and you want better for your son or daughter than they want for themselves 
How wild though, so we see that lived out in the family unit, but how wild to think that that's what's true of God all the time with us. He knows and wants better for us than we want for ourselves, but we just settle. There's so much, you, I think you quoted C.S. Lewis this weekend, mm -hmm. there's so much that he has to say on this topic of joy that to me is revolutionary. But one of those ideas was kind of taken by um, John Piper, and I think it's that um, the chief end of man is to love God um, and enjoy him forever. It's one of these mantra statements. Well, Piper spins it great after being influenced by C.S. Lewis. The chief end of man is to love God by enjoying him forever. Mm. And just and that's the whole premise of his um, Desiring God book and ministries and the whole thing. But it's a great line and it, and it just helps us begin to come back to, you did a great job in the message, how often we just simply want the, what the giver gives and we forget to love the giver. Yeah. And man, we see that in all kinds of human relationships too, but how important to go, man, the way I love the giver is not by coveting his gifts, but by loving the giver, yeah. you know, recognizing what he's done. So. Yeah. And I think there's such a, um, I don't know, it's, it's just a really new way of thinking for so many of us to say, man, God is, God's not trying to keep me from good things. God has my best in mind. And I, like even, you know, I think about, um, as you were talking, it got me thinking about how worship um, is a re, it's a change of taste. It's a change of appetite for us. Um, because singing songs doesn't inherently sound like a fun time. Um, even when we talk about heaven, a lot of times as a kid, you're like, Dear God, that sounds terrible. Yeah, like I don't, I don't, do don't want to stand around in a white robe and <laughs> sing songs all day, which I don't think is the biblical picture that sure. we get of heaven. But even if it was, that's a retooling of our appetite to say it's actually so enjoyable and so good to worship God and to live my life oriented that way. Um, and that's not something that like we would wake up in the morning and choose. I think the same of like little devotional rhythms, um, man. I think it sounds really dry and boring to me as a high schooler to wake up a little bit earlier and get some time with the Lord and His Word and things like that. But my, my appetite's begun to change. To see that as like, no, that's beneficial for me. That's something that I have learned to and come to enjoy. So I look to people older than me who have been in this faith for a long time, and I say, man, their appetites are just different than mine. And so as in that reprogramming, I think that's the work of sanctification in my life that I would come to desire and want things that I didn't want before, seeing them as truly good for me. Yeah. Very simply said, Pastor Tom's dad, Pastor Frank, you know that you're growing in your walk with the Lord because he's changing your want tos. Yeah. You want new, better, God-oriented things. Yeah. So, That's good. PF keeps coming back. Um, when you think about this idea, let's, let's land in a little bit related takeaways. How can we be more on brand related to this core value of being enjoyable as it plays out in our lives. What are just some great applications of what that looks like in our lives as the people of HDC? Yeah, one of the things that I got to thinking about was like um, being a almost, I find maybe in my oikos, in my relational world, I find that I am a little bit of a, I've, I've become, as I've leaned into this enjoyable concept a little bit more, I've become a little bit of a PR rep for God, not because he needs it, he doesn't need my defense, but there are so many people who don't know God in my relational world who are under the impression that my life is boring or dull 
um, because I follow God and they just, they can't give up on fun. I, I would not, I, I can't tell you how many people I've talked to that we land the plane into a serious spot and they're like, Jackson, this is all great. And it sounds like Jesus loves me and I'd love to get there. But especially in my age bracket right now with people in their 20s, it's like I just kind of want to live a little bit more life before I commit. I'll do that when I'm old. Exactly. And And I'm like, (laughs) and boring. Yeah, like my parents are boring, so I'll do that when I'm about their age, right? And it's like that is so short-sighted because these things that you're chasing right now, they're not going to fulfill you. They're not going to satisfy you. And it's actually, it's just that what if of like, well, once I'm satisfied, once I've had enough, the thing is you never will have enough not until you come to actually do life with God. That's when you'll be truly satisfied. And so I've become a little bit of a PR rep because I realize maybe some of my conversations with people in my life lean a little bit more towards people who don't do life with God, what they shouldn't do or what they can't do or what's a bad idea for them versus me modeling for them how I get to enjoy things on a deeper level because I know the giver, right? You go back to that um, concept. Because I know the giver, of these good things, these good experiences, whatever it is, I actually find satisfaction not in them, but in him. And I wanna model that better um, as a takeaway. I go back to, I remember in our um, What Matters Most series, preaching out of John 16. And one of the things that Jesus ties really well in talking about the Holy Spirit uh, is our testimony paired with the conviction of the Holy Spirit is what's gonna bring people to know him and put their faith in him. And that testimony is a testimony of his goodness, right? I think we spend way too much time talking about the don'ts, talking about the things that we need to cut out of our life, making it seem as though life with God is boring. When if I testify to his goodness, the Holy Spirit is convicting them of the don'ts. So I have to trust that the Holy Spirit is going to do what Jesus said he's going to do. And I have a faith problem if I can't trust in that. So the Holy Spirit is going to bring conviction to the people I do life with. And then I want to be somebody who just does not shut up about how good God's been to me. And I think if I start putting that together with what I already know the Spirit's doing in the lives of people I do life with, then I'm going to start to see more and more people come to see their lives transformed by Jesus just because I started speaking up about how good he's been to me. So on a real practical level, like I want to make my enjoyment of God more public to the people I do life with. No, that's good. I almost wonder if an exercise, like for those who are like, this is maybe I'm just beginning to process that or I don't... I get what you're saying. I don't know how to get there. I almost wonder as I'm listening to you, I'm thinking, I wonder if it almost for some could begin with a little bit of inventory to just kind of go, here are the things that I rejoice in, that I recognize the goodness of God, how he is enjoyable, just objectively, and and about his amazing love, about his deep forgiveness about the fact that you said from James 1, every good and perfect gift. So my, my list should go on and on, but I wonder if it's almost taking an inventory of how good he is, why he's so enjoyable, that almost might help me bring those to mind even quicker. Yeah. Again, not in some, like, I can beat you with how many ways God's good <laughs> in a debate or something, yeah. but it just maybe brings it to mind more and more that I would recognize God's goodness. And then, and and I just got to think that changes my disposition. We talked about even in that core value that it's a winsomeness. Yeah. And, and I think about that, 
that winsomeness comes because I truly bought in, not because I compare it something, not because I heard Jackson on the weekend, but it's like I'm truly bought in. I deeply believe and embrace the goodness of God in my life. And sometimes I just need something to kickstart that. Yeah, because if I can't recognize it, how can I tell people about it? Just parrot stuff. If I I understand it conceptually, but I can't recognize it myself, I'm never going to find organic opportunities to tell people man, that was God's goodness right there. Like, I'm so thankful to know him and to be able to recognize the way that he's moving in my life and just the grace that he has for me and the fact that I get to be with you right now, that we get to be face-to-face and enjoy relationship to people made in his image, the way that he's designed this, right? Like, there's all these layers now that I can begin to see with a biblical worldview that are now informing the way that I interact with people and the way that I testify to his goodness. But if I can't identify it, like, I love that. Start taking inventory because as I start to learn to identify it, I can talk about it. And you'll talk about it. Yeah. Exactly. Last question. How, how have you seen <clears throat> this benefit of High Desert Church being a church that's marked by that a core value is that of being enjoyable? How have you seen that be winsome in people's lives? Back to that phrase again, prepared world changers are those who have this joy that's rooted in Jesus. That's a winsome joy. It's, it's attractive to other people. How have you seen that play out maybe in people's lives who weren't yet a part of HDC, maybe people's lives who've really bought in and they're on brand and the way they live. That winsome piece, I guess, is what I'm wondering about. Yeah, I grew up at HDC in what some might call the golden age of HDC. There were motorcycles doing flips in the parking lot. We had bands here for concerts on a regular basis. We had comedians come out for date nights. I mean, I was in Beach House and I had a whole professional skate crew come and do tricks and stuff like that in the parking lot for us. A lot of parking lot based tricks. Um, Really cool stuff going on though. Um, And uh, amazing stacked summer calendars every year for student ministries. really, really cool, exciting, fun stuff going on. And I think what was cool was to see to see the mission behind that, um, that it was never it was never motorcycles for the sake of motorcycles. It was never skateboarding for the sake of skateboarding. Um, there was kind of this weird, interesting balance with HDC that there was almost this really confident trust in the Holy Spirit because what I loved was when I invited my friends to these things, I never felt like they were going to get bait and switched with Jesus either. Like, oh, motorcycles are cool the way they do flips, and Jesus has flipped our world upside down. <laughs> I never got that Jesus juke, right? So I wasn't, I wasn't worried for my friends of like, oh, Jackson, they just took motorcycles and made them lame, right? Like, I was never worried for that. So there was this really confident approach to what the Holy Spirit was going to do with people just being exposed to basically what we were exposing them to was church community. People were being exposed to people who had been transformed by Jesus, and we trusted that that was gonna be enough in those events. I think of still things that we do like trunk or treat and things like that. There's not a devotion to trunk or treat. It's just a purely like, hey, come find a safe place to trick or treat with your kids, do the whole costume thing, and you're just gonna see a bunch of church people who donated their own candy and their own time and their own trunks and they took time decorating it to make it fun just because they love their community that much. That's this really high confidence that the Holy Spirit is going to do something awesome with that. It's also incredibly missional because there is this understanding that if we can expose people through something that's not scary, like church, church is kind of a culturally scary thing, 
If we can expose them to church without it being church, it makes it a lot easier for that person who's in their life that attends HDC to say, hey, you want to come back next weekend after the trunk or treat and just check out what we do because the kids program is still awesome and your kids are going to love it. And I think you'd really love service. It'd be a great experience. And then we expose them almost a layer deeper to like what it's like to be a part of the body of Christ. It's this very experientially focused um it's the um, it's like experiential in my apologetics class in um, in a seminary. They called it experiential apologetics. It's just come taste and see, basically yeah. that psalm that I quoted at the end. Yeah. Come check out how good the Lord is. And if you don't want more of this by the time we're done, like we can't help you really. Like yeah. you're gonna see, it's not about motorcycles. Like it's about belonging. It's about the hope that these people have. That they're going through tough stuff too, but they have a different level of hope and joy in these scenarios. Um, and it's because of what Jesus has done for them. So I think those two things, like this real confident approach to the Holy Spirit, this incredibly missional mindset that trunk or treat is never about trunk or treat. It's always about exposing people to the location of church, to the people of church, and ultimately to the gospel lived out. So I love that. John chapter one, you know, Jesus says it once, and then I think it's Andrew or one of the other um, uh, early disciples, but they use that same phrase, come and see. Come and see. Just come and see. And I think that's our approach. That's the winsomeness of come and see what this is all about. And like you said, I loved how you said, and trust the Holy Spirit's work in their lives, not just even in that moment, but what's been going on that you don't know about and watch those two collide. And it's a a cool thing to watch. Because I think that's where evangelism gets wacky is when we don't trust the Holy Spirit. Because that's when it gets all weird and controlling and like, but I need you to get this takeaway. And that's where it gets super funky. Sign here. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Like, so can I, can I get your commitment? Can I get a firm <laughs> commitment on this? That's where it gets all weird because now it's like, I don't trust that the Holy Spirit's going to convict you. I need to convict you. I don't trust that the Holy Spirit's going to compel you. I need to compel you. So instead of, man, Jesus has transformed my life. I'm going to make sure you know about how good he's been to me. I'm going to trust the Spirit to convict and compel you. You put those two things together. Now we're cooking. Instead of that, I don't really trust the Spirit. So I'm going to take over his responsibility as well. And I think, man, that's where we are not as winsome as the Spirit. Jesus has asked us to do the one thing we can do winsomely tell people how good he is. We can do that winsomely. We can embody that. The spirit, he's got the hard task of like convicting them of sin, all of those things. He does that incredibly winsomely because he's God and we're not. So I think when we trust in that, that's when evangelism starts working really well. That's awesome. I've loved this series and I thought uh, you just brought it to a close so well. Love that one of our core values, you mentioned it, is even enjoyable, right? How many churches just kind of, why would we have that as a core value? And uh, even in talking to Tom about the series, these first three especially, truthful, helpful, and enjoyable were just self-evident. And I love that we've been able to join a culture where enjoying who God is, enjoying one another is such an important thing. So look forward. It's going to be exciting to see us now move past the series and really be able to embrace what does it look like to live on brand as 
a staff, as a congregation, as a community. Yeah, no, it's been a blessing to inherit this like culture that we get to be a part of now as a, at HDC. It's a blessing. Yeah. So hopefully you got a tangible takeaway coming out of this weekend's message. As always, we'd love to know there in the comments. Don't forget to like the video, uh, share it with a friend, and subscribe so that you get updates for future videos because we got daily devos starting up next week. So you're going to want to make sure that you're subscribed so you get notifications for all of those things that'll be starting up uh, on Monday the 5th of September. So I encourage you to check that out as well. But with that said, that's all we've got for this week of Tangible Takeaways. Thanks so much for being on. We'll catch you guys next week on Tangible Takeaways.